What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Built Different Podcast. My name is Zach Clinton. I'll be your host. And as we continue to grow, I'll have friends joining me each week to interview some of the leading experts in the fields of motivational speaking, mental health, ministry, and even sports. Our goal is to instill hope, encouragement, and motivation in and through your life today. And our prayer is that after each episode, you'd be more equipped and encouraged to look, love, and live more like Christ from the inside out. That's our definition of what it means to be built different. So I hope you're ready. You better buckle up. Let's roll. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to this week's edition of the Built Different Podcast. I'll be your host. Zach Clinton. As always, I hope and pray you had a blessed weekend and are having a great start to your week. But if you haven't, then I believe you're in the right place. And my prayer is that you would find some hope, encouragement, and motivation in and throughout today's conversation. That being said, today's conversation is one that may be a little sensitive for some, but one that I think is imperative and something more people need to be talking about. Today, we're going to be unpacking the temptation of false lovers, the grip of sexual sin, addiction, and shame, as well as how we can fight back and break the stronghold of those chains as we expose darkness into the light. Our special guest joining us is a man who has fought this battle personally and a man who now continues to help the masses overcome this struggle as well. Joining us today is licensed professional counselor, certified sex addiction therapist, and a certified partner trauma therapist, Jim Cress. Trust me, I have known the grip of sexual sin, and I know how difficult some of these things can be to talk about. But what I can say in confidence is that I truly believe today's conversation will be one that will help bring you some hope to begin your healing journey. But before we dive into today's conversation, I wanted to remind you of our premier sponsor for the podcast, which is our parent company and association called the American Association of Christian Counselors. Here at AACC, we are committed to assisting Christian counselors, the entire community of care, licensed professionals, pastors, and lay church members with little or no formal training. Our vision statement here at the AACC is derived from 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4, Ephesians 4, 11-13, and Philippians 1, 4-6. The vision of AACC has two critical dimensions. First, we seek to serve the Christian church worldwide by helping it become more mature in Christ while taking on God's heart of love and sacrificial care. And secondly, we seek to serve, educate, and equip professionals in the mental health field through continuing education opportunities, such as our world and national conferences, live webinars, other training events, and our printed education and training materials. We are committed to helping the church equip God's people to love and care for each other in the same spirit that Christ loves and cares for us. To find out more about all that we are doing here at the AACC or to check out the countless resources we have to offer, please visit our website at aacc.net. Again, that's aacc.net. Now to get back to today's conversation, again, our guest today is Jim Cress who is a renowned faith-based licensed professional counselor, certified sex addiction therapist, and a certified partner trauma therapist, as well as a man who serves on the executive advisory board here for us at the AACC. Again, Jim is a man who understands the grip of sexual sin and shame, as well as what it takes to overcome and break those chains through exposing the darkness into the light. So with that being said, let's dive in and let's welcome our very special guest, Mr. Jim Cress. Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. Love being here with you. We've uh, tracked a lot of miles, actually, at this hotel and through the ACC events through the years. You're just a little older, and by the way, so am I. 
<laughs> That's right, sir. We are at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel, yeah. a beautiful venue for our 2023 AACC No Hope. That's K N O W Hope yeah. World Conference here in Nashville, Tennessee. What a blessing it is! The excitement, um, it's kind of the energy is building. People are starting to file in for a sold out crowd. Seven thousand mental health leaders, yeah. advocates, wow. pastors coming to be educated, encouraged, and equipped for such a time as this. Jim, as you said, we go way back. I know you and my dad go way back. We yeah. are so thankful for you mm. and all of your work and devotion to the Lord and to the profession here at AACC. But to go back, how important of an event is something like this for such a time as this? Well, your dad and I did a lot of radio together, and he would always say he wanted to get everybody in under the big top. Now, that doesn't yeah. mean this is a circus. It was such a unique gathering. You won't find anything that I found in, quote, the secular world mm-hmm. and the counseling world that has this big of a draw, mm-hmm. this many people and members coming in. But the idea that Tim had that vision of having pastors, lay counselors, people don't have to have degrees, clear up to those on the master's, Ph.D. level, M.D. level, psychiatrists, mm-hmm. psychiatrists, psychologists. I mean, it's just amazing. And they're all here gathered together. Reminds me a little bit of heaven, actually. That's right. It's a beautiful thing to see, and it really makes us and reminds us that we're not alone That's in right. the midst of this yeah. fight. You know what I mean? Counselors especially need to know that. They need to know that. Yeah. And that God, I believe, loves using people through which he channels his mm-hmm. messages of hope, encouragement, motivation to this broken and hurting world. God has used you in powerful ways, Jim. Mm-hmm. I am so incredibly thankful that you've willingly given us some time today to oh, discuss yeah. a topic that is incredibly imperative to discuss. It's sensitive to a lot of people, but it's one that needs to be kind of unpacked and Mm -hmm. dove into, which is that of the porn-demic that we're really finding ourselves in, sexual addiction. As you know, I came across some stats. Um, Recently, they've revealed that projected over 30 million people struggle with problematic sexual behavior, if not addiction. Another stat revealed that over 10 million youth and adolescents regularly view pornography online. And to be honest with you, again, those are just stats, right? Those may not be the actual numbers because I believe they may be more than that, right? Surmounting those. For you, sir, um, working on the front lines, battling these types of things regularly alongside of individuals, what are you seeing and why is it, you know, continuing to surmount and enhance, you know, our culture and society today? Well, as I'll be speaking twice here at AACC, as you and I have duly noted, my voice usually sounds a little different, but uh, nonetheless, uh, I'm here. Um, you know, the the stat I use is Houston, we have a problem. That's right. From Apollo 13. Um, this problem, I believe, with all the stats, you've alluded to it, whatever the stat is, it's much higher. Yep. And it's very high also, Barna Research and others have done that, is very high mm-hmm. among those who are in ministry. And the shame factor there is so very, very high. Watch. This pornography issue, as I say, the porn demic we're in, pornography is accessible. It's anonymous. You can get to it. No one will know. It's affordable. People don't pay for pornography on the Internet anymore usually. It's airbrushed. It's not even real. And it is accelerated. Mm. It's the crack cocaine of sexual struggles. People can get hooked to it so fast with the dopamine rush and uh, HD 4K ability of people to view this stuff at such a high speed. We're seeing people become, men and women, certainly young people, addicted to pornography faster now than ever. 
Mm. And it's incredibly sad to see, like you said, we can, in a sense, live in this form of hiddenness right. or in hiding because, again, it remains anonymous, it's easily accessible, and it is affordable, as you yeah. mentioned. You see so many people taking the bait, right, to where yeah, it's like, I've never seen anybody really want to you know, become a porn addict. They mm-hmm. want to you know, in, in kind of immerse themselves in infidelity or anything like that yeah. in any way, shape, or form, yet they find themselves there. And oftentimes what I want people to understand is not just cut out the behavior, but understand what's the underlying factor of that behavior, right? We understand that addiction is typically a secondary issue. Mm -hmm. I've heard it said that sexual addiction is an attachment-based intimacy disorder. Jim, can you help us understand what does that mean and how important is it to understand to be able to then process kind of a journey to Mm -hmm. overcome an addiction like this? Yeah, it's so important. This is a multifaceted problem that needs to be addressed in a multifaceted way. You know, if you're just a hammer, a hammer, everything's going to look like a nail. It's not just this or that. There are many things. It's, it's nuanced. I love to go to Proverbs 20, verse 5 as a foundation. The purposes in a person's heart are deep waters. And so a person of understanding, you, pastor, friend, counselor, whoever you may be, a person of understanding goes down deep to draw them up. So we look at what's going on as in the whole realm of attachment, Mm. the different attachment styles. I find a lot of men especially with an anxious attachment style. And think about healthy attachment in the womb and then after birth to be able to connect well, especially to a mother and the nurturing that may go on there or may not have gone on there. Mm. And so it is though they are walking through, and this is a bit crass, but with the severed end of their umbilical cord, looking to whom or to what, where they can attach this to. They're looking for an external solution to an internal problem. Mm. So the idea of this dysregulation that goes on and looking, it's what we call a false intimacy. The problem is, Zach, in the moment it feels like real connection. And the opposite of really any addiction is connection. It is love, to love and be loved. And in that moment with that pornography, here's the damning part of it, right from hell. I believe the enemy is very active in this. Mm. It will feel like there is an intimate connection Mm. and strongholds get developed. And we know St. Paul said, if a man is sexual with his wife, the two become one. But he said, if a man is even sexual with a prostitute, the two become one. So there's that false bonding and connection that can develop into a significant stronghold. Mm. And as you're saying, it's not really about the sex it's not about the masturbation at all it's about that chase you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that feeling of what people are perceiving as being chosen or being known but as you said it's a false level of intimacy right it's a the false lover what does you know that chase what does it do to the wiring within our brain and how can it become so damaging that we get stuck in the ruts in the negative patterns that so many people find themselves in Yeah, good question. That old philosopher, Aristotle, said, we are what we repeatedly do. And we know that there's neurons in the brain that fire together, wire together. And so when a man is wiring his brain with four or five major neurotransmitters, let me tell you, the pharmacy cannot be rivaled of catecholamines, PEA, dopamine, serotonin, norepinephrine, adrenaline, wiring during that lustful process, Mm. viewing pornography, And when that happens, he's not going to be able to then just disassociate from that with that wiring and to be healthily, wholly intimate with his wife, uh, even for a single guy, just in his own identity. 
mm-hmm. and who he really is in Christ. So that's that piece that we're literally wiring our brains. Now, by the way, that's the bad news. Mm-hmm. Wiring our brains, you know, on the, almost indeed the road to hell. But the new neural pathways, as you know so well, Zach, can be laid down that there is more help. My line with everyone I work with, hey, come on in here. I have more help and hope than you have problems mm-hmm. because we know the neural pathways all the neurosciences, those brains can be, it doesn't go change overnight, but those brains can be rewired. Of course, Paul reminds us we are transformed also by the renewing of our minds. That's right. That's the beauty of neuroplasticity, it right? Is. That there can be Neurogenesis, growth. all those That's things. It. Yeah. Growth and development over time. You're not predestined. You may be predisposed, yeah. but change is still so possible. Good. That's encouraging. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Very much. Very much. And so with a lot of people who may be finding themselves stuck. What I believe is, you know, a lot of times they come into counseling and different things like that and they have no idea how they got there in the first mm-hmm. place. Or number two, they want to find a way out, but a lot of times they get so lost and they get so discouraged, right? And they just don't know how to find That's a way so out, true. Jim. What is potentially a couple of things that you would say are a way out for somebody to begin taking practical steps to moving their life in the right direction? Well, Zach, since you said steps, I'm going to go where I was going to go anyhow. The first of the famous 12 steps, people have heard of Alcoholics Anonymous. That first step is I admit I'm powerless over this problem. Mm-hmm. I, let's do this. I admit I'm powerless over pornography just on my own. And my life around it has become unmanageable. Mm. It's harmed me, key relationships. I've tried to stop and I can't. Those are all classic signs of addictions. So to start with and say, God, I have to admit I can't do this on my own. But first to say I have a problem versus, well, it's kind of just a thing that all men do. No, to admit first I have a problem. And then to look and know there are helps and resources outside that no matter where you've been, no matter how long you've struggled with it, again, we have more help and hope that you have problems. And that part of that is what we often call recovery is detoxing. We let everybody else, alcoholics, drug addicts, detox. We have to let porn strugglers, if you will, porn addicts, detox, literally, hopefully about a 90-day process. Some people have been acting out to pornography since age 12, and here they are 35. That's going to be a problem. Go through a detox problem and watch, like a triangle. You were wounded in a relationship. You go act out in false relationship in porn. Where are you healed? A, B, A form in relationship. You don't want to do this alone. You definitely do not want to do this alone. You need people in your life, people fuel, right? That can exactly. take you places that yeah. you couldn't go on your own. Right. As we talk about you know, how a lot of people find themselves stuck in these patterns, mm-hmm. in these ways, right? A lot of times it's just from dabbling, right? Doing something that maybe, like you said, beginning at the age of 12, you don't really know the uh, maybe the severity of what you're getting yourself into. And sometimes I call it snacking, a guy that mm-hmm. may be 40, I'm just going to scan a few pictures, even on Instagram or something, and they're snacking, but firing. Can a man scoop fire in his lap, the Bible says, Mm -hmm. and his clothes not be burned? That's right. And that idea of snacking and or dabbling, there's a quote that says, right, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay, right? And Satan will do everything to make us then live in kind of the pit of shame, right? He wants us to, in a sense, live in that sense of hiding and hiddenness. As you said, the antidote to trauma, the antidote to this kind of sinful nature is healthy 
healthy relationship. Yeah, we have to is. surround ourselves right. with attachment. But when we feel like we're living in isolation, when we feel like mm-hmm. we're alone, when we feel like if you really knew me, Jim, you wouldn't love me or accept yeah. me, and like that's what shame says. That's right. How do we start to begin to break out of this shame cycle? And rather than, in a sense, sinning in the dark, what's the message of encouragement mm-hmm. to the listener today about how they can begin to win in the light? Love that question, because I'm going to tell you, it all comes down for me of getting in the light. First John 1, yeah. 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we're in the shadows, we're in darkness. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, it is there that we have fellowship one with another. Yeah. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, it says, cleanses us from all sin. Zach, I spell shame, S-H-A-M-E, as self-hatred mm-hmm. at my expense. Mm-hmm. Self-hatred at my expense. I hate myself. And if you saw me, you'd think I'm a pervert, a loser, a fraud, wouldn't even think I'm a Christian. Instead that I am a believer, but I'm struggling with this bondage, this struggle, this sin struggle. So inside, bring it into the light. You know, I tell people sometimes, say, the first thing you do is the worst thing you do. Mm-hmm. Ain't bringing that into the light, baby. I come and tell you that, and you know, I've lost my job, my ministry. A lot of pastors, I have the privilege of working with many pastors, and they trust me, and they're saying, but if I bring this here, they're not wanting to be frauds. They want help. And I say, well, it's confidential. You know, we are as counselors. But you've got to get it, and it's almost counterintuitive. You've stayed in the darkness and shadows so long. Bring it into the light. And I would say, you would say, your dad, Dr. Tim Clinton, would say, you be wise and find a safe person who you can bring that to. And that's why a big reason the counseling movement exists. We're trained. We know what to do. We know how to hold confidentiality. We're saying, hey, we're not going to freak out when you bring us something. We're going to go, okay, let's work on this, right? That's right. That's right, Jim. And it's just being able to help them understand, yeah, that they're not alone in the process. They're not too far gone, right? There's still hope. There's still encouragement. There's still room for growth, right? We always Mm -hmm. hear everybody wants growth without change. Everybody wants acceptance without authenticity. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants progress without the process, right? A lot of times, we just lack the necessary discipline to be able to incorporate these habits and these practices into our daily life to see, right, the growth that we're ultimately desiring and looking for mm-hmm. and it's being able to implement those things I'm Zach here at the American Association of Christian Counselors World Conference uh, No Hope World Conference at the Gaylord Opryland Hotel alongside renowned licensed therapist Jim Cress who mm-hmm. has just been such a blessing and a light to so many of us here at the AACC and countless individuals you walk alongside of Jim you have a personal story and testimony and overcoming this in your own personal life and a question I kind of have a Attached to your personal yeah. story and testimony, a lot of people they struggle with this idea of you know I felt like I've been living like such a dirty or shameful life for mm-hmm. so long I don't even know what it looks like to live a life of purity and I don't even know if I'm able to right Am I yeah. too far gone Can I possibly in a sense get rid of these images and these pictures that I've seen that I've watched over the years to begin having a pure heart again What does that process look like and what it look like for you personally? Well, I am a grateful, my term, uh, others use it, a grateful recovering pornography addict for many, many years. And I wanted to stop. Spent eight years in counseling, never missed a week, and did all I could to be able to stop. Larry Crabb, who's in heaven now, was the person who helped me. And no joke, uh, he said it right here at this very hotel. He said, part of you would want to keep looking at pornography, but is there something deeper in you? Mm. Something deeper in you, more alive? I said, yeah, I see my wife, my children. I, I don't want to act out. So, 
you know, you, you look at side uh, man maybe listening today and think, but, but you don't know. This is, I've tried to stop and I can't. And I'm going to ask you, just take a moment as an inventory. Is there something deeper than your sin and your lust and your struggle with pornography that you want? And I believe you're going to say, yes, I do want this more, right? And it's not as easy to say, well, feed that more. That's part of it. But I don't want you to worry about, can I get all the images out? And can I change? One step at a time. You can even today leave that with the Lord. Say, Lord, I am, as Nehemiah, they talked about Nehemiah chapter 1. They were far away from God. God said, I'm going to to blow you up all over the world, Jews, if, if you don't, and if you get away from me. And he said these lines. But God looked and said, but if you return, though you be scattered under the farthest skies, I'll bring you to a place I've chosen to make my name dwell there. With that, what I'm saying is, don't worry about all that you've done in the past. We'll work through that. But to look at what do you want to do to change and get on that road, progress, not perfection, and allow God and other people walking with you in your, in your life. You're not going to keep secrets anymore, and I promise you, you will change. That's my story. When I realized I wanted something more, as C.S. Lewis said, we're far too easily satisfied, yes, yes. content to make mud pies in the slum when God's offered us a holiday at the beach. Folks, you've got to believe there is something more, and you can work through this. We are far too easily pleased, and I love that yeah. word. We need to focus on progress, right, not perfection. Yeah, of course. It's, one step at a time. That's it. Just one step at a time. Yeah. I also love the idea of being rooted and anchored in a purpose or a why, yeah. knowing your why, right? Mm-hmm. We always help clients understand, like, what are the goals, right? Let's identify those. Mm-hmm. What are kind of the objectives that can help push us toward the goal or the plan? But if you don't have a purpose, if you don't have a why for or a who for, oftentimes yeah. we can get so easily lost. Speak to the significance of how having, you know, something in mind that keeps us committed to what we said we were going to be committed to far after the feeling we said it in has left. Speak to the importance of having a purpose in the midst of this process of progress. I will, Zach. I'll take it right to Colossians 3. The old Puritans called it mortify and vivify. If you read in Colossians 3, Paul said, kill the deeds of the flesh. I mean, you got to do that. you got to stop that. And then he says, but give life to what's most alive in you. Mm-hmm. See, one of the drivers, as you know well, for pornography addiction, sexual addiction, is firing dopamine, that yes. search chemical. Well, I don't want people to just get rid of the dopamine. I want you to fire that dopamine in a good way. Guess what? When you look and say, I want this more. I want to be this kind of man or woman or this kind of husband. I want my legacy. I'm, I'm big on vision and legacy. What's your vision? Live it out. It becomes your legacy. You're going to fire that same neurochemical process. And by the way, should you get married, you'll be able to understand, oh, this is God's plan for healthy sexuality, mm-hmm. not just you being over there in the abyss of acting out to pornography by yourself. So reward yourself that way and say, I want this more, and I'm going to be a man of integrity. Keep moving toward that. You're going to fire that neurochemistry one step at a time, and you wake up one day and say, man, I haven't acted out or looked at porn in a year or so. It feels like I never thought I'd get here, and it almost was, and I think most guys find it, it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. That's right. That's yeah. right. Keep that legacy, like you yeah. said, at the forefront of your mind. Yeah. How do you want to be remembered? Mm-hmm. What do you want people to catch when they get yeah. close to you? That idea of being contagious. Jim, up to this point, right, in the conversation, we've talked a lot about helping the individual, walking alongside of the person that's sure. been struggling yeah. with maybe the addiction, whether that's pornography or more lust in any way, shape, and form. But oftentimes, the individual gets overlooked in these types of situations, in this battle of this pornemic that we find ourselves in. Maybe it's 
the wife or the husband that is the partner of the one that's yep. actually doing the behavior, mm-hmm. right? They get often overlooked because they experience what we call betrayal trauma, yeah. where it's like sex to them and the love that mm-hmm. they've always craved gets completely overlooked. It gets taken advantage of. And so they go through a lot of wounds and a lot of damage in the midst of this process as well. What's the word of just encouragement mm-hmm. that you would offer someone today who's listening to this conversation because they're trying to better understand why maybe the person they love continually goes back to the roots or the bad habits or the unwanted behaviors. What's the word of encouragement for them in their own hope and healing journey? You know, when you say that, I'm a certified partner trauma therapist for betrayal trauma, and I think patients, I tell men I work with especially, you need to be, as you're in recovery from pornography addiction, affairs, infidelity, I want you to be structuring safety because your wife, what we often call a partner, she will be searching for safety. You be structuring safety. Patience is key because another minister, another famous person, or a friend of a friend is going to fall into pornography or an affair, and that's post-traumatic stress for your wife. Mm. And when that happens, and there are women who are important, it can be post-traumatic stress for the husband. And for you to look, I want you to be curious, not furious. Is it really? Again? I mean, I thought we were past that. When David sinned, God forgave him. Nathan said, yes, God will forgive you, but the sword will never depart your house. Mm. There are realities. So I want a guy to get ahead of it constantly. Oh, yeah, baby. Tell me what's, I imagine we heard that another pastor or one of our friends fell into immorality or was discovered. Tell me how you feel. Mm. Go for impact. Two words. Fact, the event happened. Impact, what did it do to that person? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're like, real. I work with so many men. And I coach them and say, guys, you've just got to say, honey, tell me more. Three words that will change your life. Look at her and say, tell me more. Mm. But I don't want to, dummy. I don't want to do that, man. <laughs> I'm just like, that's a lesson. I go, no, there's something deeper in you. The man of God you are to say, I want to stand there. Job, when he was there, you know, with God, and Job got angry and was kind of wanting to talk to God and haul him into court. I love God. He said, Job, stand up like a man and pull your pants up. He says, mm. gird your loins. That wasn't shaming you. I say, men today, pull your pants up, gird your loins for battle, and say, sweetheart, it's scary. God told us he'd put us around thorns and thistles as men. And move into that. Go into that and say, honey, I imagine this story has really hurt you again. I've done nothing new wrong. Tell me more about it. Every man listening today can do that. It's a new vision. Mm. The greatest form of empathy is inquiry, yeah, right? I love that. Being Amen. able to dive into and ask those right questions. Mm-hmm. That's why I feel like Christ was so effective and efficient no at, doubt. right? How would he typically respond and answer somebody's question? Yeah. With a question of his own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he didn't know the answer, right? But he yeah. cared enough to provide them a voice mm-hmm. in the midst of that situation. A lot of times, I feel like men especially we don't allow like women a voice in those relationships and like you said just that three words that can change it all tell me more something you talk a lot about Jim and you've even been on the podcast in the past and you've talked about this idea of resilience which kind of a common thing positive adaptation in the presence of adversity you talk a lot about how as believers we have our resilience right found in Christ's resurrection type of power right his redemptive Mm -hmm. and resurrective power to speak to that a little bit more today, to maybe the individual who is going through the ringer, who is still continuing to struggle, maybe the individual that's suffering from betrayal trauma, what does resilience look like for them? Well, when you catch a vision of resilience, it doesn't really matter then what comes at you. Because when it comes at you, stand up 
and rise strong. Now, you can rise again. We've said it here before. Mm-hmm. In the resurrection power of Christ, you can be looking around left. We already know the devil's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's mm-hmm. out there just on the Serengeti walking around of our lives. But to be able to say, when this comes at me, and we prepare in times of strength for coming times of weakness. In Nehemiah, when they were ready to rebuild the wall, Nehemiah 2, and Nehemiah went to talk to them and said, the people there to rebuild... They strengthen their hands for the good work they had to do. So you prepare, again, in times of strength for coming times of weakness. And when things come at you, you go, Lord, you're with me. Why, of course this is going to come my way. Adversity is going to come. Temptation's going to come. My wife's going to have a bad day, and it won't even be about me. But in that moment, to say, what does it mean to stand up? Feel carpe diem literally down your backbone. I saw a guy in a health club once. Had a tattooed right down his <laughs> backbone. I like that. And just stand up and say, God, I am with you. Let's get to battle. When we want to shrink and run away. See, the thing with porn, to come full circle, those women never require a man to show up. They require a little boy to show up and play and just have his way. But God says, and and we're saying today, you and I are saying to our our listeners, stand up like a man. You've got this. Resiliency just keeps growing the more you get in the arena, as Teddy Roosevelt said, and stand up. It doesn't matter whether you succeed or fail. At least you do it while daring greatly. It's a vision of we need men to stand up and know that they are men. Even they weren't fathered well or they need a coach, stand up like a man. Mm, the first four verses of First Kings chapter 2, when David was on his deathbed, right? That was the charge he gave his son Solomon. Yeah. Show yourself a man, yeah. right? I love those words. Yeah. Show yourself a man. Stand up and step into this moment for such a time as this because you're needed now more mm-hmm. than ever. Yeah, it's an it's incredible true. charge. Jim, as we close our conversations here on the podcast, as you know, something that we love to dive into is just understanding what is the pressing word that God has placed on your heart for such a time as this. To the listener out there today who maybe has been struggling, who maybe has, you know, they've heard our whole conversation, they're encouraged, but at the same time, they just feel disappointed in themselves. They continually wallow in kind of that shame and in that guilt. What's the word of hope, encouragement, and motivation that God has placed on your heart to help that listener go out from here and to live a built different life on the road ahead? Yeah. You know, I collect, you ever come to my office in Charlotte, I have these little signs all over the wall. Got me a new one here at Opryland today, a little sign they had on clearance. And this is a bumper sticker, but it's true. Folks, today is the first day of the rest of your life. For a moment, can you believe a therapist is saying this? Forget the past. Come on. Now, we'll come back and work on that. But for a moment, saying, you are writing. I help people in most of the intensive work I do rewrite their life story. Write a better story. How do you want to start today? You don't need anybody else's permission. God is with you. He's the Lord of your past, your present, and your future. And so today, pick up your pen and say, what is the story that I want to write? And then get the help around you to be able to support you in living out that story. You don't want to do it by yourself, but catch a vision. That fires a lot of good brain chemistry like dopamine. The vision, the Bible says, without a vision, people die. Catch a vision of who you are, believe in it, and move forward with the truth of God's word and the people of God around you. It's a new day. What's the story you want to write 
and you're not good enough to do it on your own. Yeah. Find the people necessary yeah, right. to continually push you and propel you to places mm-hmm. you could have never gone. Yeah. Right, Jim, thank you uh, just so much again mm-hmm. for not only My just pleasure. your work uh, in the profession and all the incredible things that you're doing, but let me ask you this. Where can people find out more about you and all the incredible things, maybe it's intensives that you offer, yeah. different places that you work. I know you have the Therapy and Theology podcast with Lisa Turkers and yeah. some other friends. Just help us understand where can we find out more about Jim Cress? Well, the uh, thank you. The Therapy and Theology podcast has just taken off and gone crazy. Yeah. It's on all the platforms. It's also in video and YouTube. Mm-hmm. And if they'll just go to jimcress.com, J-I-M-C-R-E-S-S, jimcress.com. It's not the fanciest website, no demand, but... Uh, they can find me there, and yeah, most of my work is just all in intensives, three days of helping people collect the dots, then connect the dots, and then correct the dots of their life story. Whatever Jim Crest is doing, I'm on the bus. Oh, Sir, thank, thank you, you so much for my all pleasure. that you do. Yeah. Uh, I love you, I love appreciate you, too, you and I look forward to our next conversation on here again. Thanks so much. Well, my friends, I hope today's conversation um, was encouraging to some of you. I hope it equipped you, it educated you. Um, but also just continue to propel you to new heights and maybe your healing journey and your healing process as well. Again, I'm reminded of an old quote that says that the only power that Satan has over you is over that which you hold in the dark. Remember, my friends, the path to healing, the path to victory in a sense, the path to winning over this fight and overcoming is exposing the darkness into the light. Remember the words of Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. They say, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. Remember, when we expose things into the light, that's where true healing can begin to take place. Invite God into the midst of your mess. Invite him into the midst of your hurting, into the midst of the darkness, into the midst of your sin. Remember, sin will take you further than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. But when we invite God into the midst of our messes, he can begin to transform those things. And he can begin to help us live a life of repentance as we seek after him, pursuing righteousness and holiness all the days of our lives. My friends, if you're struggling in this battle today, I would ask you, fervently ask you, invite Jesus in, number one. But number two, ask for help from somebody else. Because I promise you, God has no greater plan than using people as conduits through which he channels his messages of hope, encouragement, grace, forgiveness, and healing to a dark and hurting world. If you're struggling, ask for help today. As always, my friends, thank you so much for joining us. We love being a part of your life. And we hope to see you right back here next time on the Built Different Podcast.